بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن إذا شئ سهلا اللهم أعنا على ذكرك وشكرك وحسن عبادتك يا رب الكريم السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Right then, folks. Uh, bring this one uh, thing here. Let me close. Bring it right, right up. Close this gap. <coughs> Turn it around. Right, in, right, in, right. In. Come on, close. Right. Okay. So, um, so last week uh, we had a, uh, a a special kind of session, and it was very nice, actually, very nice. We had quite a bit of discussion before and after myself and Sheikh Yasser and uh, Sheikh Walid. Um, and I think it was it was good that we spoke about the Qibla in a more holistic way. Spoke about Al-Aqsa as the original Qibla. And then of course Al-Aqsa um, or Al-Quds I should say. Not Al-Aqsa. Al-Quds um, is and has been relevant for the last few weeks and so we spoke about that as well. So if you didn't get to see last week's lesson then I'd absolutely advise you guys to check it out because it's very beneficial in terms of the history and understanding um, a little bit of uh, a little bit of the background of the change of the Qibla. Uh, so, what was the exact last thing that we did? Can anyone remember? Anyone see from their notes the last statement? All right, so we didn't talk about when you're, uh, the actual uh, direction of the Qibla, if you're next to it. We didn't talk about, you have to see the Qibla immediately if you're next. Okay, good. All right. So then, then, okay, then in the text itself then, what we are covering, so that would mean that we covered la- the week before last, وَيَلْزَمُهُ الْإِفْتِتَاحُ وَالْرُقُوءُ وَالسُّجُودُ إِلَيْهَا That, um, uh, when a person is walking and so on, then he must uh, uh, start the prayer and make the ruku'ah uh, and the prostration to the qibla. But well, we we spoke about that and we spoke about what Sheikh Uthameen said. Yeah, so we're happy with that. Yes, what did Sheikh Uthameen say? What did Sheikh Uthameen say? Anyone remember? What was his point? His point was that. Uh, What's the point of the concession if a person has to actually go and do that anyway? First of all, people are not very comfortable with the idea of praying whilst walking. But if a person is walking and a concession has been given, if the prayer is a valid prayer, sunnah nafil prayer whilst walking, and if that is yani, a valid prayer for those scholars that said so, then it should be allowed then for them to uh, point to the non-qibla, uh, not point to the qibla, just like yani, you don't need to when you're seated, when you're riding a beast or seated. So we've covered uh, that. You've learned that that's not actually a condition. So today then, and then uh, later on, وَفَرْضُ مَنْ قَرُبَ مِنِ الْقِبْلَ إِصْوَابُتَ عَيْنِهَا وَمَنْ بَعُدْ جِهَتِهَا فَإِنْ أَخْبَرَهُ ثِقَةٌ بِيَقِينٍ أَوْ وَجْدَ مَحَارِيبَ إِسْلَامِيَّةٌ عَمَلَ بِهَا وَيُسْتَدَلُّ عَلَيْهَا فِي السَّفَرِ بِالْقُطُبِ وَالشَّمْسِ وَالْقَمَرِ وَمَنَازِلِهِمَا وَإِنْ اجْتَهَدَ مُجْتَهِدَانِ فَاخْتَلَفَ فِي جِهَةٍ لَمْ يَتْبَعْ أَهَدُهُمَا الْآخَرِ 
ويتبع المقلد أوثقهما عنده. That's what we will do today, inshallah. So, it is obligatory for the one close to the Qibla to face it exactly. Whereas it is sufficient to face its general direction for the one who is far away. Bring it down, chest. Oh, is that, yani, is that the end of the notes? Is that the reason? Why have you not put the English notes up, Shaz? Why have you not sent them to me? Unbelievable. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, now, I know why. Now, now I know why he has not received the notes. This is a murder. This is a murder to translate. That's why. Anyway, uh, off the top. For, and so if he is informed, okay, so it's like a different section, all right? I mean, you can write this down roughly, okay? But I will, you know, once I focus on it, then I'll, I'll make it uh, more tidy. Uh, and so if someone trustworthy informs him of the direction of the Qibla with certainty, eh? or he sees the the uh, the mihrab of the Muslims, or he finds the mihrabs of the Muslims, then he can follow those those uh, two. Yani he can either follow the guy who's telling him with certainty, or he can just copy the direction that he sees mihrabs in. Can he follow sorry, those two? Uh, so if someone trustworthy tells him that this is the direction of the qibla, biyakinin. Out of certainty, not I think this is the direction of the Qibla, but he says it out of certainty. That's the first option. Or, or he comes across and he sees, you know, some mosques and he sees these mihrabs. And remember, these mihrabs, I mean, obviously, we're going to come to this in, 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 the, in the explanation, but he sees Muslim mihrabs, okay, the mihrabs are the Muslims, then he can follow that as well. He can use those as well. So he can use those. And if he is traveling, then he uses Al Qutb, the North Pole. Okay, he uses the North Pole. Uh, uh, or you can translate this as the Celestial Pole. All right. Effectively, what he's referring to is the North Star. Okay. Um, or the Sun, or the Moon. And its paths, and its paths. Okay. When mujtahidani, and if there are two people who both have to have a go, have to make a, a, a best guess, they have to make ijtihad. So they don't know. That's the whole point that they don't have certainty. They don't have hundred percent. They don't know which direction it is, but they're making a judgment call. If there are two mujtahids. And mujtahid is a person who is having to make a decision. Who make a decision towards the direction. One does not follow the other one. One does not follow the other one. Okay. Um, As for the muqallid, the one who has absolutely no idea. The muqallid. Because they have no knowledge. No idea what's going on. They follow the one that they think is most trustworthy. Okay? So this is a famous, and we'll stop there. This is a famous uh, issue uh, which we're going to come to, and that is 
how is it that you exactly determine the process? So it's not even it's not even a direction, but the methodology of actually determining who to use in determining the qibla, and it's very old school, very very old school, which today almost entirely redundant. And I don't just mean technologically. Also, I think yani, there's big, there's been a big uh, wake up kind of call or change of attitude towards the idea that. The kuffar, the world, the world's yani, you know, biggest deceivers, and they're not to be trusted in anything. You're classically, you're, I mean, I don't want to jump the gun, but you're classically finding the books of fiqh, yani, two areas where the kuffar are never to be trusted. They have to have a second and a third. The first is in direction on the qibla. So the idea is that they're all trying to trick you, right? So you can never tr- ask them or whatever. And the second is is in operations, you know, like abortion or X or Y. And you don't go on the opinion of a thingy, uh, a non-Muslim doctor, but rather you have to have a Muslim doctor and so on and so forth. So the Muslim part is emphasized. And the truth is, is that from a Quran Sunnah point of view, direct evidence, there is no direct evidence that you need specifically a Muslim here. But you can understand what was going on in, in those times. And actually, fr- frankly, even in our times, people do you know, play one another and you know, mess around with people's brains and you know, give misinformation. Uh, so certainly it's not a case that you know just because someone is just because you know you think that you can't trust uh, uh, you can trust everyone you can't okay but that's the way they expressed it they would always express it as that it's got to be a Muslim etc we'll come to that anyway but the doctor one is a is a really interesting one and we maybe maybe we can maybe we can expand on that I don't think we'll reach that today to be honest all right let's get back to the original text then من من so the author basically has said at the back, at the top of two hundred and seventy one that how you actually and this is this is very useful stuff okay the, fir- the the first quarter is very useful the next kind of quarter of the class is completely pointless okay. Because this is one of those cases where the blind is leading the blind. Sheikh is going to go into like five, six pages about talking about uh, Ursula Minor and the celestial uh, pole and Polaris and the North Star and how the sky is divided into 24 parts, 12 yani in the west and 12 in the east. I'm reading this thinking, I ain't got a daddy what's happening here. Yeah? And it, it's hard enough to read. Forget about, yani, understand, forget about trying to explain. So this really is the blind leading the blind. Alhamdulillah, we just pull out yani, the, the phone app and say, yeah, Jazakallah khair. So, um, uh, so that's not so useful, but it's interesting to see how the scholars before used to do it. So we'll go and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll try and read through it. But the first part is very useful, very interesting. This simple fact that if you are close to the Qibla, if you are close to the Kaaba, you have to face its direction exactly, it itself intrinsically. Whereas if you are far away, which the vast majority of the Muslim world is at all times, then fascinatingly, it's not actually the exact Qibla that you face, not, not exactly the Kaaba that you face, but rather it's rough direction. You know what I'm saying? And that's actually very interesting. Because that would technically mean that you would be a certain distance away and not be actually facing the Kaaba and knowing that you're not facing the Kaaba. And now you're going to see the logical reason why, which I find very interesting. Right, so... Um, so, yeah, as I just said, if a person is close and he is actually physically able to see it, then he must face it. And if there's, and the second one, if a person is far away or he's unable to see it, but he's close, then it's general direction. It's general direction. Right? Um, 
So then he goes, so what you can understand from this is, فَمَنْ كَانَ فِي صُحْنِ الْمَسْجِدِ فَاسْتِقْبَالُ عَيْنِ الْكَعْبَ عَلَيْهِ فَرْضٌ وَهَذَا سَهْلٌ وَمَنْ كَانَ عَلَى صَطْحِ الْأَعْلَى أَوْ الْأَوْسَطِ فَهَذَا قَدْ تَقُونَ إِصَابَةُ عَيْنِ الْكَعْبَ سَهْلَةٌ عَلَيْهِ وَقَدْ تَقُونَ صَعْبًا فإذا كانت, فَإِذَا كَانَتِ الصُّفُوفُ مُتَرَاصَةً أَوْ أَمَامَهُ أَعْمَدَ تَمْنَعُهُ مِنْ مُشَاهَدَةِ الْكَعْبَ فَهُنَا قَدْ لَا يَسْتَطِيءُ الرُّؤْيَا وَلَا يَسْتَطِيءُ أَنْ يَتَحَوَّلَ عَنْ مَكَانِهِ لِأَنَّ الصُّفُوفَ مُتَرَاصَةً he goes, therefore, it's very possible, and especially right now, by the way, okay, because right this very second, there are major construction works in the Sahan of the Masjid. So, you know, Al-Haram, all right, the Kaaba, the Kaaba is the cuboid structure, and then it's surrounded by the Sahan, which is the ground floor area, which we call the Mataf, okay, it's called the Mataf because we do Tawaf on it. That's called the Sahan, the, the courtyard, the four, the four courts, all right. And then you start to have then the inner parts of the masjid, which immediately come under the problem because they've got pillars, yes? And then when you start going floor up, floor up, then you've got distance, height, and pillars. So every time you go higher, it becomes more difficult to see the Kaaba. The flatter you are, the easier it is. The closer you are, the easier it is. The further away, the, the, the more difficult it is. It's all common sense, yes? But then you have pillars and work that happens in front of you which can mean you can't see the Kaaba at all, right? And at the moment now, they're working on the area of the Zamzam. I received a video today. It's a madness. It's a madness. There's some, you have to be really careful now about the videos that are coming out now because you've got workers who are working. Uh, so if you have a look at, at the current picture right now, uh, I don't know which direction to, 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 to speak, but imagine that you are making tawaf. So if you're at the Black Stone and you've just now, you know, let's say you've touched it and you're on your way now, so that first corner, so from that, yani, uh, yani, the Iraqi corner, as we call it, Iraqi and the Shami corners, these two corners from those two sides, on that entire side, they've started working, they've dug up the whole floor. All right, so they've yani, blocked it off, and the direction is all kind of, you know, so there's walls up and temporary structures up and all of, you know, the full behavior. So what he's saying is that you could actually be in the masjid, either on the roof or on one of the floors, and you are blocked by a pillar, and you have a legitimate shari reason to not be praying towards the Kaaba whilst literally 100 meters from it, whilst being 50 meters from it, okay? And that's the point that the Sheikh is trying to, to indicate. So not facing it, why would you not So the, 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 the idea, not, not, not necessarily not facing it, meaning that... Um, not being sure that you are facing it. Correct, exactly. Not being sure that you're facing it exactly. All right, you know that it's roughly in that direction, Okay. It's uh, actually, to be honest, anyone who's gone to, to Umrah, to the masjid, you will know that you're always, yani subhanAllah, it's, yeah, you're looking at the floor more than you're looking at the Kaaba. That's the, 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 the crazy irony, that you're right there in front of you and you're actually looking to see, you know, which way are the tiles going, because I can't see it. And you have a general idea, of course you have a general idea, it's roughly in that direction, because if you're doing Sa'i, for example, and you're on a, a sofa, you can't see it, okay? Until you move a little bit, then you see it. When you go to Marwa, you can't see it at all. Right, so because there's so much building in the way, and so you 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 know, but you know obviously when you're on Marwa and you turn, you know it's over there, but you can't tell directly exactly. So you look on the floor, and you so you see once you start looking, you're you you yourself are basically saying that I can't face this Kaaba exactly without some kind of help, and so either you get that help, meaning you ask someone, or you follow the patterns on the on the on the floor, or you face its general direction, and that's exactly the point that's being made by the fuqaha.
here. Okay? So, um, and he also, um, Sheikh Uthameen, Sheikh Uthameen says that uh, it is, uh, it's possible to interpret these, these statements to say that if a person therefore does not face the Kaaba absolutely exactly, then their prayer is actually void. Yani for those people who are close to it. And if we, um, if we were to actually apply this particular opinion, okay, then the majority of people would then have their prayer invalidated. Okay? Um, he goes, even in the Masjid al-Haram, Shaykh Uthameen, he goes, uh, says, with my own eyes, I've seen so many people in the Kaaba, they're not praying towards the Kaaba. So in the Haram, they're not praying towards the Kaaba. يَتَّجِهُونَ إِلَى جِهَتِهَا وَلَا يُصِيبُونَ عِينَهَا You see them that they are actually in the, in the Sotح, in the actual يعني, uh, courtyard of the Masjid, and they're not actually even facing towards the Kaaba itself, rather they're facing towards this general direction. فَتَجِدَ الصَّفْ مُسْتَطِيلًا He goes, what about when you look at some people that are in actually uh, the, the kind of like the inside of the masjid, but quite close, maybe they've got pillars or something. He goes, if you look at their lines, because the line stretches, you've got people who are actually missing the Kaaba directly. So if you look at like, you know, let's imagine this camera here, okay, is the Kaaba. If I'm standing here, maybe 50 people, maybe, not 50, 20 people, left and right of me, if we're standing in a prayer line, are going to hit it, right? Now the prayer line, if it carries on for another 20, uh, you know, 30 each side, they're going to be hitting at best the corner of it. These people will hit that corner, and then others, if the line is straight. And, and, and that's exactly the point. That's why you see the lines go round, okay? But even with the line going round, so let's say that you know. Let's say imagine that you were leading a line that was so long that it was actually going all the way round, okay, like perfectly round. Then you'd find that that's at a set point there are people. Someone needs to do the get the compass out, not the compass. What's the thing called? Compass. It is called a compass. Yeah, compass. I haven't used one for such a long time. Uh, no, 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 I don't. That's exactly what I didn't want to do. Yeah, I don't give any ideas, bro. Yeah. Don't break my heart. Yeah. And then when you're on top floors? I think that the roof is fine because it curves more. Because you've got the, the, actual, the roof actually curves. But on the top floor. It's not, a, it's not a circle, is it? Yeah. It, it's like it's sections. So I would say on the ground. Shazda, leave it, yara. You see? The guy was shirarati custom, man. He really wants to, could give me a headache. So, yeah, I'll. Uh, Can I just ask? Yeah. It is obligatory for the one close to the Qibla. What you're saying is. Yeah, and, and uh, close to the Qibla, and by the way, uh, Qibla always means the Kaaba. Okay, remember that, yeah? Yeah. Well, you're saying is it's a for the one who can see the Qibla. Yes. So we disagree with, we couldn't be close, but you can't see it, and we're saying that, well, you can be close. Yeah, the idea, yeah, so that's what Sheikh Uthameen says. He goes that when a person is referring to the point um, of uh, closeness, it's referring to the one who's see, uh, seeing it. 
Okay, but then what the Sheikh then basically just said, he goes that uh, the problem with this statement, left in a kind of like a vague way, is that it could be interpreted therefore that these people who are close to it and who are not actually facing it because of the line, that their prayers uh, void. That's exactly the point that he's discussing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, the, <clears throat> the issue of responsibility is something else. Whose fault it is and whatever. Let's let, okay. Let's let's see what he said. Let's let's read entirely what he says. Actually, let me just translate entirely what because he, he writes a quite quite nice uh, a piece here. Then we'll we'll go into it ourselves. All right. So he says. Um, so he goes. You'll find some of them that they will be facing towards the right of the Kaaba, and you'll find some of them وبعضهم أن يسار الكعبة. And others will be point, facing towards the left of the Kaaba. Some of them will be facing the Kaaba absolutely spot on. And he goes, This is a difficult issue. He goes, that This gives us a headache because if there are people towards the back, uh, 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 back uh, of the lines who can't see the Kaaba whatsoever, then what, what, what's, the, what's their situation? Uh, he goes that you don't say that you know this person is definitely going to get, get the Kaaba absolutely spot on. He goes, He goes sometimes it's dark, shadows. Sometimes you can't see anything, and uh, and he goes and he may say this is the actual Kaaba. I'm facing the actual Kaaba here. Then he will pray, and then when he gives the salam, he actually looks and he realizes that actually the Kaaba is not actually directly in front. The same kind of scenario that we said that if a person is praying like here and then suddenly he stands up and then he looks out the window and he realizes actually there was a little bit of a difference. This is actually exactly the situation that he's talking about. As soon as you, you look out and go to the open space, you think to yourself, you know what? Actually, my direction was like, you know, a few centimeters off. And really, only the only thing between me and a Kaaba was a wall. Okay? He goes... I want to say though that I have not seen a single person from the people of knowledge that said that masjid, that whoever is inside the mosque uh, uh, he goes that however so despite the fact that it's so obvious that you have to uh, uh, that you have to face the Kaaba directly and it's not going to be possible for a, for a few people. So therefore, uh, they should face then the general direction. He goes, this concept of facing the general direction, I have never seen any single scholar ever mention that this is acceptable. Except one. And he says that was in Subul al-Salam, Sharh Bulugh al-Maram. Um, and he himself didn't even attribute it to anyone. He's talking about Al-Mira al-Sur'ani. And he's talking about his commentary to the book, which is called uh, Al-Bulugh uh, Al-Maram, <coughs> which is a collection of hadith by Imam Ibn Hajar Al-Asqalani. And Ibn Hajar, of course, he, well, the great thing about this book is that it's a very different approach to fiqh, even though he is a Shafi'i, but he basically makes it hadith-based. So instead of going the classical fiqh-based approach, rather in each chapter, he kind of starts the kind of, uh, he gathers a hadith on the subject, and uh, it's a difficult book to navigate. It's a book for the scholars. It's a, uh, but it's a very, very uh, beneficial book. Because when you cover Bulugh al-Maram, 
it's like almost the exact opposite to what we're doing. Like we've been spending years yani, going through the discussion points and thinking about it and thinking about... Whereas when you do it the other way around, which is you only include the hadith under each chapter. So the chapter of the Qibla just has a number of hadith. And so, so it reads like a book of hadith uh, uh, arranged in a fiqhi kind of uh, manner. Anyway. وَلَكِنَّهُ قَالَهُ تَفَقْوَهًا مِنْ عِنْدِهِ So he says, وَإِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ أَحَدْ قَالَ بِهِ قَبْلَهُ فَهُوَ غَيْرُ مُسَلَّمُ لِأَنَّ الْمَعْرُوفِ كَلَامَ أَهْلَ الْعِلْمِ قَاطِبَ أَنَّهُ مَنْ كَانْ يُمْكِنُهُ مَشَاهِدَتُهَا فَفَرْضُهُ يَسَابُتَ الْعَيْنِ He goes, let's, let's just be clear, whatever we uh, hear narrated from scholars or claims, they have to be uh, uh, backed up. What is absolutely a fact is that every single scholar in Islam has only ever said one single statement, that wherever you are, you have to physically face the Kaaba. You don't ever intentionally, ever, and that's, that's uh, the point. He goes, is it not possible for someone to say, if you're not near the Kaaba, you don't face towards the Kaaba, because Allah has said, you yeah, face towards the Kaaba. And you don't say to the person who's hidden from the Kaaba and can't see it, that you face this general direction. No, the statement is a single one. Whoever the person is, wherever they are, you have to face the Kaaba. And what happens after that is something else. How we practically deal with the people who are far away is something else. But to actually say to someone in the masjid or someone or somewhere near, you just got to face the general direction. That's completely unacceptable. It's completely unacceptable. Okay? <clears throat> he goes, Sheikh Uthameen goes, um, uh, so in the masjid that, that has to be maintained. You have to physically face the, the, the Kaaba. He goes, and it is obligatory to face the Kaaba with all of your body. So for example, if uh, that some part of your body is facing towards, uh, if like the right side of your body is facing towards the Kaaba, and the other side of your body is facing off from the Kaaba, Meaning like yani, you, you're, you're hitting bit of, uh, bits of it and you're hitting another uh, uh, part of it. Like the example I can give, right? Go on, bring it. Huh? Yeah, exactly. You're at the corner. Bring it here, go on. Shazad and his toys. Honestly. Guys so excited, man. Oh, that is right. I did want to try the pencil. One second. Seconds now as well? My goodness. Yeah. Uh, while, while we Wait. So and he carries on just to carry on the, uh, the reading. So he goes. It must be that the entire direction of his body must face towards the Kaaba, all of it. And why is that? Why is that? And this is common sense because he has the ability to face the Kaaba with absolute certainty. He's standing in front of it for crying out loud. How can a person intentionally standing in front of the Kaaba say? I'll just yani, take you know a corner and I won't take the other corner. Yeah? Uh, you are Honestly, God. Good to go, yeah? Okay, so if a person, and this is the black stone, 
For a person is the, 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 the prayer line it goes like this doesn't it it goes like that That's Allah Akbar, okay? So my guy here, he's standing in that prayer line. He's facing that way. Sah? So this side, he's missing it. And this side, he's hitting it. Okay? Is that working, yeah? All coming at See? So the point is here that this person, he's basically, this guy's got to be really careful. Alright? This guy's got to be really careful because he has to be facing the Kaaba. And in that situation there, he's not. Everyone else, okay, like here, they're alright. Okay? This guy's going to have a problem. Okay, oh my goodness. Yeah, this guy's gonna have a problem. Okay, what part he's actually gonna hit, right? This, and then this guy's gonna be fine. This guy's gonna have a problem. This guy's gonna be okay. Yeah, and potentially more. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean, it's like a yeah, a lot more. If that, if that line extends anything further, then you've got people missing completely. Yeah. But they follow on the Iman, Sheikh. Yeah. Well, they're not, are they? They're not. They're not even. They're not. They're not following the Imam. What they're doing is they're following the, the administration and how they've set up the tiles, right? And how the line is is. I mean, that's why although Shulan Salim was so desperate to pass me this, I wanted to finish off the thingy first. Let's just read this page and then we'll come back to that, Shaz. Yeah, hold on. Right, so let's just read this, then we'll talk and discuss and debate it. So he goes, Falabud, uh, so he goes, a person must face it with his whole body if he's in front of the Kaaba. And that's because he's able to do that with certainty. So therefore, it becomes obligatory. And he goes, and the status quo, and the basic foundation of the obligatory, of the obligation of, of facing. Uh, uh, the the qibla is to face the house, meaning the Kaaba, not the masjid itself. Wa illa la yusih an nqul inna ladi yusalli ila al janib al junubi minhu, مثلاً له أن يستقبل الجانب الشما أن يستقبل الجانب الشمالي منه ولو كانت الكعبة عن يمينه أو عن يساره ولو أحد يقول بهذا فالمقصود الأول هو عين الكعبة فإذا أمكن وجب meaning a person has to has to absolutely uh, uh, in the masjid focus on the Kaaba itself not on any other part then he goes as for what he said that whoever is uh, far from it then it's general direction so whoever is at a distance from the Kaaba because he's not able to see it he goes that um, the person who is unable to see it, then they face its general direction. 
And that direction has been specified by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in the hadith: "La tastaqbilu al-qibla bi-ghaitin, wala bawlin, wala tastadbiruha, walakin sharriqu aw gharibu." So the Prophet sallallahu said, and we covered this hadith a couple of years ago, that do not uh, uh, face the qibla when you are urinating or defecating. Okay, so you don't go to the toilet yani, facing that direction, or either yani, not go for number one or number two. Okay, and do not put your back to it. Okay, rather just change the direction a little bit. Yani, either turn a little bit to the, uh, east, the east or to the west. Yani, get out of the direction a little bit. Okay, he so. Uh, let me just make sure that everyone understands that hadith. That hadith, of course, when we covered it in detail, is referring to someone who's outside in the open. So if you're outside in the open, in the forests, in the desert, etc., it's not permissible for you to urinate towards the Kaaba direction, okay? Uh, or to put your back to it directly, all right? But in a toilet, it's not a problem. What uh, if you don't know, there's something else. All right. If you don't know, you, that's, that's something else. But when a person is outside, they should make a general shout about yani, roughly where they are, what the direction is. That's a general adab they keep in their mind. That if I'm outside, I make a you know a quick check where where am I? And the person who's inside a toilet, inside uh, an area, or even better, inside a toilet inside a house, then that does not apply because they have been separated by walls. Okay, they've been separated by walls. Anyway. When the Prophet ﷺ said, then turn a little bit to this way or turn a little bit to that way, to the east or the west, يُرِيدُ بِذَلِكَ عَقْسُ الْقِبْلَةِ وَعَلَى هَذَا فَيَقُولُ مَا بَيْنَ الْمَشْرِقِ وَالْمَغْرِبِ بِالنِّسْبَةِ لِأَهْلِ الْمَدِينَةِ كُلِّهِ قِبْلَةِ فَالْجُنُوبِ كُلُّهُ قِبْلَةَ لَهُمْ He said that when you look at uh, the people, right, what you see is that when you turn a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, they are moving away from the actual direction of the Qibla. He goes that this direction issue, you can see, is something, if you look at the people of Medina, all right, he goes, for them, all of the south is Qibla. So if you're up there and you are praying, then it's generally wherever you are pointing downwards, basically uh, facing south, all of it is a Qibla. Um... And he goes, uh, 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 for the people in Medina, it's not just the Kaaba, which is a Qibla. The ones who are in Medina, it's not just the Kaaba itself. Because if you imagine, uh, 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 let me use this again. Yeah, you didn't plan for that, did you? Yeah, my fingerprint should work. So if you've look if you're looking at the drawing. Yep. Just one second. So this is Mecca. This is Taqriban Medina. Okay? So if we have the Kaaba here, which is about ten meters. No, it's not even ten meters, it's five meters odd. Okay? Maybe a bit more. Eight meters on one side, shortest side, okay? If you're in, and this is Mecca, and you're in Medina up here, 
this row of people, okay, what happens when the row becomes this big in the masjid? You know, you, you, with that, if you're trying to get to that eight meters, you're talking like an ant, not a person. But it, uh, it, that's my exact point. Now, as the crow flies, imagine that you make a straight line. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So, if you look at... My goodness. This is Apple Pencil. I'm going to get refund right away. It's made my writing look horrible. Astaghfirullah. Okay. So, you look at, Yani, this, what? That's what? How many people? 20 people? Uh, how many people? It's like... Uh, yeah, twenty people. So yeah. What was the distance? Yeah. Twenty people. Okay. Yeah, uh, four hundred kilometers odd. Yeah. So, so just over four hundred kilometers. I can't remember how long it is. Okay, but yeah, in that distance, twenty people at some exact point are the only people who are going to be facing towards that Kaaba, whereas the vast majority of the people who are to the left, to that, or to the right of that, you know, like here, for example, or there. Or just that same prayer line, that side, they're going to be facing like that. Okay? Now, that, because of the scale, looks completely off. But in actual fact, when you push this back, because obviously they're miles away, it will come to the same kind of, you know, it will roughly come to the same kind of area. But it will not be hitting the Kaaba exactly. And it's for that reason that a number of things we learn here. Number one, this statement that you pray towards his general direction. Number two, number two the Prophet ﷺ said, Okay, this hadith is very important, that for the east is a qibla and for the west is a qibla. What does that mean? It means that when you are in the east, then the west is the qibla, just the general direction. And when you're in the west, then the east is the qibla, general direction, which is what led to some scholars even going to the, to the extent that a person could be Theoretically, up to 180 degrees, yeah, and he out, yeah, and he, they've got if that's the Kaaba right in front, and they were to pray 90 degrees off, they would not have to repeat the prayer. It'd be 90 degrees off, they would 90. If this is 180, so it's not 90; it's more than 90. It's like 180, isn't it? The idea, if we, if you're going to, by the way. It's huge discussion on this hadith, okay? What does it actually mean? That for the east is a qibla and for the west is a qibla. Some said it just means that that's the direction. It doesn't mean that it applies for the prayer as well, okay? They said that when you're in the east, then the west direction is a qibla. Not that all of you can pray in any direction, um, which, is the, which is the position of the majority. But I do want you to know that some took the hadith literally and they therefore said, and how would they say this statement? How would they give this literal explanation? They would say that the general purposes of the sharia is to make things easy. They would ask the scholar, okay, let me ask you a question. Is it okay to be five degrees out? Is it okay to be when you're in this masjid like this and actually we're praying like this, but the qibla is a little bit like that? Is it a problem? The vast majority, in fact, all scholars, if they have any knowledge, will say, yes, it is allowed. Okay, because this yani, level of accuracy is something which is lost entirely. Even praying like this is not going to hit the, 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 the qibla. Okay, so the idea is then that, that if that's the case, then where do you stop? If you've accepted that when you're five degrees out, you're not going to hit the Kaaba and everyone is allowing you to pray, why not 55? 
Why not 65? Now, if you say, then why not 300 or why not 208? Everyone will say no because the hadith says east and west. So 180 is a natural stop. So everything in that direction, as long as I'm roughly facing, so if I'm facing that way, that way, but I'm kind of getting to that direction more than going this way, then that's something which is allowed. So anyway, let's again finish this page. The Sheikh then says, um, so, so through this hadith and these other hadith, actually what we realize is that there is a lot of space in the issue. So therefore, if we see a person who's not يعني, facing the qibla and off by a little, he said a little, then we don't need to worry about him because he's generally facing the direction. When he says a little, okay, he means just this much, right? He's not going to, if you ask him what the parameters are, he's not going to be able to give it to you. No one is going to be able to give you the parameters because technically we should not be giving parameters. How can you say it's okay to miss the Kaaba? and not pray towards it when you have to pray towards it. But this is a practical uh, difficulty. So he goes, um, as for the direction of the Qibla, for the one who is north of the Kaaba, then it is between the uh, the east and the, the west. So whoever is, whoever is uh, to the uh, east of the uh, uh, whoever is to the sorry, whoever is to the east of the Kaaba, then whatever is from the north to the south, all of that yani, is a, a qibla. And he goes, whoever is from uh, onto the west side of it, then the north to the south again. And whoever is south of it, then between the sharp and the the, the east and the west. So every so you know you can, you can see what he's trying to say. Whatever direction you are, you're getting 180 degree. Any direction uh, possibility. All right, he's giving you all four corners. Wherever you are on the world, you are having that side. Basically, 180 degrees. The easy way around is to say that. And this is basically the understanding. So he goes, there are four directions, therefore, and this is the understanding of the hadith of Abu Ayyub, this hadith uh, that we just mentioned here. وَعَلَمْ أَنَّهُ كُلَّمَا قَرُبَتْ مِنَ الْكَعْبَةِ صَغُرَتْ الْجِهَةِ فَإِذَا صِرْتَ تَحْتَ جِدَارِ الْكَعْبَةِ تَكُونَ الْجِهَةِ بِقَدْرِ بَدَنِكَ فَقَطْ أي لو انحرفت أقل انحرافا الكعبة إما أن يسارك أو عن يمينك بطلت Okay, so basically what the Sheikh says, he goes that simply we can, we can sum up this chapter by saying the closer you get to the Kaaba, the smaller your space for error. If you are right in front of the Kaaba wall, and you are any part away from the, the Kaaba in terms of direction, your prayer is invalidated. The further the way that you, uh, you come from the Kaaba, the more easy the issue is, the general direction is what uh, goes. And that's the position of the vast majority of the Sahaba. The Sahaba. And uh, Imam Ahmed and Abu Hanifa were the ones who led this kind of charge, this discussion about the, the direction of the Kaaba. That is a general one only, not a very specific one. Now, Let's put that to the side and have a discussion about this. When we look today at the apps and the technological kind of ability to do this kind of thing, we're using mapping services, right? Now you've got the... Uh, the when, once Google came into the game, they... Uh, I mean, before, I think, before the early apps were just using Magnetic North and stuff? Yeah? When you... You know, the... 
I think so, yeah. On your yeah. I think the phones... I don't think so. Only the later apps, like the, the ones that we're using now, but the early... I shouldn't say apps. Let me, let me say it again. Um, uh, compasses, electronic compasses, and prayer kind of mats and all the rest of it, they were calculating the direction based upon compasses. When you're looking at, you know, England is 255, yeah? 260, 250, these numbers we used to memorize, right? Back in the day, that was a number you'd look on your prayer compass, 255, 260, and then you'd find that, and that would be direction. That's based upon knowing magnetic north, knowing the direction from where you are. So it's a very physical kind of based thing. Even though, uh, and, and, and I mean, really I should be having this discussion later, but it's coming from the original, the original principle is what? To see the North Star. Therefore, you know the North Pole. Therefore, you have true magnetic north. Is that what it's called? True magnetic north? If you can see the North Pole? Where's the scientist of you? The digital compass can be distracted by electromagnetic interference. Can be disrupted. Thank you for this, Yanni. Um, distracted. This, this gem. I think most of the apps use that actually in the compass of the phone, so they're not. So one second, we'll come to that in a second. Hold on, hold on. What did I say, man? Yeah, magnetic north. Type in, type in is uh, uh, is is following or looking at the north star, magnetic north. Anyway, I don't understand the science of it one little bit, but what I understand is this much. It won't be. It's like five different. But that shift, but that shifting is like a, a minimal. Yeah, it wobbles. The on on the, on the yes yes. Yeah, but that that change is like minimal, right? It's not like any 180 degrees change. No, it's like point zero whatever. No, what? So what? I'm trying to what I'm trying. You go on. What do you say? So, yeah, so I'm right, what I'm, what I'm saying. Originally, how is a person going to work out when they are in, when they are in Europe? or in Sweden, or in any other country of the world, how are they going to work out where the Kaaba is? So okay? Polaris lies roughly one half degree from the north celestial pole. <laughs> <laughs> you know what it is that I've got to rate? Your insights today are, mashaAllah, yani you have, you, you, from now on we're going to call you Ab- Abu Random. Abu Random. I, I didn't ask, I didn't say at all what was the North Star. I said, what is the relationship between magnetic north, magnetic uh, whatever. Anyway, I, I, whatever it is, I know what I want to say. And it's right. Meaning that if you are not in uh, the haram, wherever you are, as you're going to come and see, that the way that they would work out where they are is from their position relative to the North Star. The North Star is Polaris. Polaris is a physical indicator of the North Pole because it is directly above it. All right? 
we are jumping the gun, but let me just say this. That, I mean, and again, let me just make triple disclaimer. I don't know what the heck's going on about what I'm saying, okay? But I'm just saying, okay? Let me say it, then you can correct it, okay? Huh? Yeah, question even better at the end. So, I want you to imagine, okay, that you have all these stars. You know what they call the Big Dipper and all that kind of stuff, and the Little Dipper and all that bakwas, yeah? The constellations. So you have one which is called Ursula Minor. Ursula Minor has seven stars, even as I remember from school, okay? Ursula Minor and its collection of seven stars, which go like that or whatever, that is in the northern sky, northern kind of side, and uh, Polaris, or the North Star, makes up one of the key aspects of it, or next to it, or something like that, okay? So, the North Star, the Pole Star, and there's a couple of names of the ones that are closest. One, the brightest, is one of the most stable, doesn't move very much with respect to yani, the Earth, because uh, as uh, one said, yani, the, 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 there's a, there is a movement, okay, uh, a slight adjustment, okay. But that star effectively is the star which is used for guidance and always has been from or every civilization has always looked at that star for guidance. If you are on the equator, of the earth, so if the Arabs and the Greeks and those boys who are all very Mediterranean, uh, equatorial kind of countries, then you will see the North Star very low and it will be on the horizon. And so you're able to then see that your position relative to the North Star and then of course to the left to the right kind of thing, you can work out where you are. So you always know where you are as long as I keep the star there, like that low and that high, that direction, then you know that you are X degrees off North. You understand? That's how people would work out direction. You know that if you are at the North Pole itself, then the star is directly above you. Do you get the point? Now we know, I mean, when you're young, you just learn North Pole, Magnetic North are the same thing. When you grow up, you learn that obviously there's differences between them. So what I'm trying to say to you is that up until the longest time, the North Pole represent the, the, the North Pole, the North Star, is all one thing. It just was true North. Then we learned about this thing called magnetic north, and that made us develop compasses, which made it easier. Then you don't have to rely at all upon the sky or stars. You use the compass, it points to north. It's effectively true north minus half a degree, which means nothing in the scheme of things because of the variation. Then, and that, 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 and that, then that created, I don't know when compasses were created, but that, let's say it was 100 years ago, I, don't, I have no idea. But let's say that then led to the 100 years of the manual finding of the Kaaba. The manual finding of the Kaaba, then that's your, 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 your prayer mat and 250, 260, whatever. Then digital compasses came in. I've got no idea how digital compasses are picking up a thingy, electromagnetic north or blah de blah But then they were doing that. My, my, my question is, do the apps go by working out direction based upon magnetic north or are they using GPS? Entirely. Yeah. Maybe, In, they might use Wi-Fi as well, but they're using your position. They're using they're position manual. completely mujarrad uh, magnetic north or whatever, because it doesn't make sense, right? It'll what be has interfered it? It'll be interfered. Correct. It'll be interfered with anyway. So then the third wave then. So that, 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 that doesn't make sense because no. when you have an app and inside, okay, and you use it to work up. The Direction. Yeah. If you near the window, it gives you one direction. If you near inside, it gives you another. And it says that if you've got magnetic interference and it interferes with the compass, right? Based on GPS, it should be no interference. GPS? How can it be just GPS? Because you're in the same position. Someone type it in, man. Oh my God! Uh, 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 type in phone uh, compasses are based upon mm -hmm. what? 
So, uh, go on. So what is a gyroscope? It's like a tilt meter. It takes your GPS, then your gyroscope tells you where you're pointing your phone. Yeah, yeah. So what? Yeah, what's the gyroscope got to do with the uh, direction of? Direction of the phone, isn't it? So then, when you turn your phone, it tells you this is your north is that way. But if you were to turn the phone, then the direction would change. No, it will just move north. The north will stay, but your south and the other side of the phone. Right. Just turn on your compass. Yeah. Astrolabes. They have compasses as well for a long time, but it's just it's just not reliable. So the stars are more reliable than that. Yeah. So it says compass functionality in phones and tablets is enabled by a sensor called a magnetometer, which is used to measure the strength and direction of magnetic fields. By analyzing yeah. Earth, my, the Earth's magnetic field, the sensor allows the phone to determine. By what? By what? By what? By ana- analyzing the Earth's magnetic field. The phone. Yeah. So analyzing phone. the Earth's magnetic field. Yeah. yeah. The magnetometer in the phone. Yeah. The sensor allows the phone to determine its orientation pretty accurately. So it does use the magnetic north. And it may say here she's written that you can choose whether your compass on iPhone uses true north or not. It has like a correction function of some, some sort, whatever. Anyway, so I just want to try and do it in stages because I'm not too sure of the last stage, okay? Because I think Google then took it out of magnetic entirely. That's what I want someone to confirm. Yeah, and what I want to say in my mind is that you've got the physical magnetic approach, which has nothing to do with magnetic. It's the physical setting of the North Star. But in, 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 in essence, it's using a true north magnetic north as a location then we we replace the north star using a compass which is the magnetic thing then we replace the physical compass with a digital one which is doing it automatically but has got the problems of interference and i what i want to say then is that the third generation or the new generation of apps whatever are using purely satellite data gps data nothing to do with thingy which is why when you use the Google app, you, you photograph something. And when you photograph it, you know the app, the Google one? Anyone use that other than me? Yeah? It's on, it's on, it's on your, it's on, it's on, actually, I think it's on iPhones as well. You, you put the app on and you hold it against the, the anything outside. And it recognizes that because of its library, you know, Google Images. I said, then it works out where you are. And then it says to you, that's the direction. So you go around like that, then it says that direction. Because of what it's recognizing. If it's recognizing a thing, then that's entirely GPS-based. It's not magnetic-based. Yeah, that, that, is, that is, but I'm going to your phone is magnetic. Yeah. So you're saying, so, so, th- so this is what I want confirmation. Is Google combining between a GPS and a magnetic? No, but what you're saying is going off just the image. So that's not... That's GPS, not even GPS, that's just the image. That's the image. You know, you've got, you've got, so that's the, that's the earlier one. That's been out for like, what, five, ten years, that Google Maps one, where it's called Qibla Locator or something, where it gives you a map and it shows you directly as the, as the crow flies. You know a line? Anyone seen that? Yeah. You bring up, the, you, it shows you on your phone or your laptop, 
a map and it has a line from where you are directly to the Kaaba. And obviously, if you keep in, if you keep enlarging it, keep enlarging it, then you can actually look at the building that you are in, and then you just pray out that direction. That's purely GPS based. What's that got to do with magnetism? Well, that's yeah, that is. Now you have to work out which direction you have to look at and you can see what part of the building. Correct. So Correct. That rotate, they, they have to use the magnetic field, you know? and that's why so I, look at, I look at the compass and I look at the map, and then I work out where I am, work it out. Where I think it is, and then check with the phone. You're Abu Random, you are, man. Forget you. So if my phone's here, the GPS is going to say my phone's in one place. Yeah. If I turn it around, my phone's in the same place. Ahsent, excellent. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, yes, right. well done. Uh, yes, you're right. It can't just be GPS based because if you turn your phone around, then you're still in the same GPS place. So, yeah, I think it's a combination of GPS and magnetic, and blah, blah, blah. It's location, it's not a direction. Yeah. It's the exact point where you are. Yeah. That's the app? Yeah. What's it called? It's called uh, Kibla Finder. Kibla Finder. Yeah, I agree. I think we deserve, I think we deserve a chocolate break. Chocolate, yeah. We need. Are we? Yeah. I think we're off a little bit of direction here, by the way. Yeah. I, I, that's. I mean, that's 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 what I think. If you were to make a new machine, for example, passes around. No, no. Yeah, so I mean, the point, the point is this. I mean, first of all, after all that discussion around the Ayni Qiblas and all the rest of it, the, uh, the, 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 the lesson is that if a masjid, you come across it and it's a little bit way off, you do not need to break the whole masjid down as you see people sometimes doing. If you go to Tunisia, uh, you'll see Ayni there, classic scenario, one of the masjids in Qayrawiyin, over there, its uh, its direction, its direction is off as well. So the point is, is that you have that that flexibility. You have that flexibility. Right? Questions, guys. Let's discuss. Yes, uh, Nasser. So, what's your position? Then? If somebody is knowingly not praying in the exact direction of Kaaba, and how and how far away are they? So they they know that the general direction is this way. So they're praying like 5, 10 degrees off. Push this down. Because there's loads of recited that, for example, like this question, it just so happened that the, so, uh, the roads yes. generally line up. With the, with, the, with the physical building, yeah. and so that's why they're praying. Yeah, I think it is permissible. But they still intentionally just... Yeah, and your point your point is that today in a building like this okay uh, where the building was not meant for the cab for the qibla and yet we have chosen it because it's got straight walls to maximize the number of people and as a result we're a few degrees out intentionally it is and, and you're saying what about that intentionally carrying on and not adjusting because we could adjust right we could adjust yeah and turning it around and the answer is that it is permissible according to the vast majority of scholars. Not the vast majority, but according to the majority of scholars. So then if you're somewhere, like out, and uh, you know that you could pray more accurately towards the Kaaba, but it just means you get a kind of tighter space and so on. Mm-hmm. You can just pray in a more comfortable direction. Put it down and sit down. Yep. So you can just pray in a more comfortable direction. So for example, if you're in a tight room. Yeah. And instead of having a tight, it says that you can just change your direction. Excellent. Have more comfortable Excellent. 
So the question is, is that if you are in a small, tiny room where the actual direction is, you know, going to be, be a really t- uh, uncomfortable one, whereas yani, a slight deviation will make it more comfortable, I think there's space for that. The problem here is the parameter of how much. Because the truth of the matter is, is that if you are in that room at that angle, any small degree change is not going to matter. What you're wanting is a 45 degree change. That's, what, that's, the only way, that's the only one that's going to matter. If you're in a small rectangular cubicle, okay, I was, one, I was in one a couple of weeks ago. It was one of those phone, um, phone booths, yeah, literally a phone booth. Okay, but it was a phone booth inside a kind of thingy. Uh, you know, like they have the smokers' cabins now in the airports, where you go in and they're, they're frosted glass. So the idea they've got phone booths exactly the same. And the problem was is that the direction that the, ca- the, the what I want is the hypotenuse, which is the direct perfect corner, or worst case scenario, I want a straight length. I had the worst of the thingy. I was like like that angle, Yani. Anything of 10, 20 degrees was not going to help me. I needed a full 45 degree turn into the corner or whatever. And there, we've got the problem. We're now just talking about yani, theor- theoretical. Because the hadith, if you've got the guts and you go with it, then anything in that direction is allowable. But as you said, if you know for 100% certain that it's that direction, okay, then how can you justify going so far away? Now, what I'll add to this discussion is the following. You don't actually know that that direction is exactly the, the, the Kaaba. That's why if you open up five, six different, I, I always myself personally, my habit, other than all the you know do the figure eights and turn around and put it here there, that's standard. But I always, always check with the phone compass and not the software of the tibla. That's my last go-to thing. So I'll go to the lazy method, let the phone do its own thing. And then I will say to myself, okay, on the globe, where am I roughly? Now, even that, as you know, the rewriting of the modern globe is a human endeavor, which is not accurate. Like when we say to ourselves, the Qibla, the qibla is southeast. Southeast is relative if you put it on a square kind of, uh, you know, on a flat rectangle kind of thing. And, it's, you know, the proportions are completely out in that. I don't know if you've ever seen what they call an accurate rendition of what the map looks like. And it looks completely different. Com- yeah, completely different. But the one that we all know as the world map, that's something yani, way off. So all of our methods have got a degree of error, even with technological advances. So I feel comfortable only to say that a few degrees either way, it doesn't matter. It's within the standard deviation of error, acceptable error, even intentionally. No, no, no. This is the exact point of studying this, the benefit of studying today's lesson. We have established without a shadow of a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, that if I had the world's most accurate tool. This, this, should, this should put everyone's doubts to bed. That could shoot an arrow and hit the Kaaba. And the line would be direct. 
and I pull it back to me in every country of the world, only 20 of us are going to hit the Kaaba directly, or whatever the number is. You know, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Meaning that the closer that you get and the further that you get, there'll be a number of people that are going to be praying towards this direction, even if they're facing the Kaaba. Obviously, the easier it gets, the further away you are. But there's always going to be, by the very nature of the thing, some deviation, acceptable deviation. So, so because of that fact, because of accepting this principle, that if you are in front of it, you have a hit it directly, and if you're far away and you can't see it, then in its direction, in its direction is indicating that there will always be people that will, even in the most careful and normative scenarios, facing the Kaaba, will not be facing the Kaaba because of their position in the line. Believing that they're facing the, they're believing they're facing the actual Kaaba. So take common example, say you're in a traffic center. Yeah. And you're in the prayer room there. Yeah. And everyone's praying, not exactly towards the door, but off to the left of the door. Okay. Right. And you go, and it's like Maghrib time, it's like everyone's there. Say, right, forget the direction. We're just going to pray long ways to get like four or five long rows of people. And how much, how, how much of a degree change does that need? It'd be about 10 to 15 degrees. Yeah, my heart wouldn't be happy with that. But why not? Because um, there's no answer to that. There, 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 there isn't technically an answer. You're just going by taqlid there. That's why, that's why Sheikh Uthameen said what he said. The majority of scholars, even in the presence of the hadith, which mentions that for the, you know, for, each, for the east and for the west is the qibla, which would indicate that you've got 180 degrees, theoretically, Hardly any of the scholars said you've got 180 degrees. Uh, yeah, we follow it on. Why is he bringing this whole argument of following the most trustworthy person in the next paragraph? Why then? Yeah, because if he's saying it's pointless, that. Who is? Whoever, he's saying it's pointless? He's not. He's old yeah, school. He's, he's going to make he's, it. All of the classical scholars that haven't been affected by Western liberalism, or whatever, they're going to stick to their guns. Us lot, of course, we're, we're the ones that are going to say. Nothing wrong with asking Betty in the shop and yeah, asking Doris. The point was that you're always praying towards the direction, not praying towards the Kaaba itself. Oh, no. If he, 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 the, the idea of asking someone uh, for the knowledge of it is so that they don't get it completely wrong. Not that you, he's not, this, is not, this is not in reference to the fine-tuning. When they're talking about you can't follow the one who is making ishtihad and you can't follow... The point is, is that so they get, get you facing the entirely wrong direction. It's not talking about the, 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 the small parameters. Okay, but if, why did it matter who's more trustworthy? Because if they both have some general knowledge of this, they'll both be within... You know, so, we'll, so, 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 ne- so next week we're going to come to that, those exact parameters. Those parameters are discussed. We will discuss that. Yeah. Yeah, so, 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 so this situation required a fatwa. Alright, what you're talking about is what happened to these lot in North, North America, Canada and whatever, where they could pretty much go for either direction. So, yani, that, that is what yani, was started off. And, and as a fatwa, they chose the shortest and the most direct and the easiest. So, but that's a fatwa position, because you're right, you can face it yani, from both directions. Yeah. Um, okay, I had this instance several times in the instance several times in Canada where 
the, the direction of the Qibla in the mosque was like um, towards the corner. So the lines weren't parallel to the wall, they were kind of, you know. So the, so the actual written prayer lines, the, 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 the drawn prayer lines, were diagonal, were diagonal yeah. in what was supposedly being the Qibla. Yeah. yeah. And several times different women on each occasion you couldn't grasp the idea of the not being the wall. The, right, so they walk in and, and they, and yeah. Start the prayer like that. And if I join the line and pray in the proper direction, then I'm in her way and it's just like... Yeah, crisscross. So what do you do in that situation? Do you just join them in the direction? Oh, you mean like if you were to come late kind of thing? Yeah, and I say it out loud and they just... Again, it would come down to the degree. Yeah. <laughs> the issue is degree. This, just so that... We don't dump the women in the, into the issue. Yeah. This happens to us in Bukhari Center. In Markaz Bukhari, we have the, a similar problem. Yeah. The carpet is not even lined. I've always been upset about this, Yanni. Yeah. The carpet is... Yeah, the wall is, is just... It's not quite perpendicular, but it's like this a little bit. Yeah. And so people play straight, whereas it's to the wall a little bit off, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's you know the, the the direction of the road and the direction of the building is like this, and so you are naturally wanting to pray straight, but in actual fact, it's not, and it's a mess. Offset, okay. huh? offset not it's that. offset. Yeah. yeah it's so it, it, you it, it, to make the mistake is is a lot easier than 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 you may think. Obviously, if you've got straight prayer lines and people people are ignoring the prayer lines, that's something else. Um, but I I tell I tell you something. That's why people, all, all, uh, the early scholars used to consider prayer lines themselves bid'ah as well. Yani this idea of insisting. You see, what I want to say is that it does represent two schools of thought which dominates the fiqh. Do you go to the issue with a very easy, relaxed approach or do you go in hardcore, technical and detailed and everything has got to be absolutely precise? If you go in precise, whatever, then to draw lines on the thingy is going to be an absolute, yani must, and uh, you know, you're going to be anyone going uh, 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 this way, then you're going to. Whereas if you're saying that, hey, uh, uh, there's no issue of direction, you've got a little bit of space, whatever, that would fit in perfectly with your own methodology of not having lines, and if the line is out, then as long as it's straight. And the fact that the, the believers are, are being put together in an informal way and that you don't need to go and see the moon, yani, you don't need to calculate the moon, this, that, and we get it wrong, then we get it wrong. But if the people see it, then the people see it, we do it. That Islam has got to be applicable for everyone. And I've got to say, I've got to say that since the first time that I started practicing and through the middle and until now, the second approach to Islam is incredibly convincing. Incredibly convincing. This idea that Islam is not just for some scientists or someone who knows what a GPS is about or whatever, but this Islam is meant to be very practical. I mean, it, it, your mind, your whole worldview, mindset, your culture changes entirely. It's how you make wudu. It affects the, yani, the way that you make wudu. It affects the idea that, you know, nail polish, for example, doesn't matter. The whole discussion of water permeability of the nail polish that we talk about, what are you making tests for? Yani, who knows? Yeah, who cares? Yani, it's the, as long as the nail has been uh, wetted, then who knows which part of the nail and how much percentage of it is allowing water to go through or not. Did the Prophet ﷺ when he had his ring, did you see him take his ring off to go underneath the water or did he just yeah, rub and know that whatever's under the ring is that either there or not there is pretty much done. You know, you've got a whole mindset then. 
everything is as long as the intention is there and no laziness but yani, an intention then the whole thing is very general whatever or you go the other way and you see yani, the, then you look at the other hadith the Prophet sees a dry spot on the ankle of the one who had washed his uh, feet and he said yani, woe be to that uh, which is in the hellfire yani, I made him go back and wash it the response to that would be that was actually a clear area or a large area and so on and so forth the issue of wiping over the socks that's the difference between having large tears and it not being a problem because ultimately the job is you know there's a there's a function behind it whereas yeah, and according to the other side a small tiny hole in the sock will disqualify it all right so i want to say to you that there is more to islam than just your madhab and your teachers whatever there are two dominating big i would say not the, almost theological but certainly methodological schools uh, uh, two big approaches to islam and um it's very difficult to stop the juggernaut that is the second one in our time for the wrong reason. And that is because people are not so practicing, are lazy, are less religious, are more liberal. And they are causing this second opinion to become more stronger. So they're making it more popular for the wrong reason. Whereas if you go back to like, you know, seven, eight hundred years ago to the Ibn Taymiyyah times and to the kind of, you know, the people who were most attributed to this school, which is the Salafis, that were taking it easy on this issue, easy, 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 there's no need for this. Then theirs was not actually so much about making it easy. It was actually a theological school. It was a methodological school. So, Allah Alam. Anyway, let's answer some questions uh, online. Um, spirit vinegar is halal. It is. No, but that, that, but let's be fair. Yani, that's because you're educated. I'm not saying that Farah is not, but I'm saying, I'm saying that most people they just like like the majority of people in the West, they think food comes off a shelf. They don't know where it comes from. Like you know, no one actually understands that vinegar has to be an oxidation an oxidation process in a series of oxidations that starts with alcohol. So, you know. Wine, wine. Wine, wine vinegar. Unbelievable. After you just heard his answer, you still ask the question because you're a packy, that's why. Every packy just completely has a heart attack around this issue. He goes, Is spirit vinegar halal? Okay, then. What about white wine vinegar? <laughs> okay, then. All right, then. What about red wine vinegar? <laughs> Cider vinegar, yes. Cider. All vinegar is halal. All of it comes from alcohol. Uh, all of it. So, um, it's a good question, no. Um, so, uh, bring it down, Shaz. Let's take it from the bottom. Okay, okay. Uh, I was thinking about praying nafal. No, that's fine. Okay. Can a hijabi woman get her hair cut? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's not the question. <laughs> no, bro, straight out. Can a hijabi woman get her hair cut by a gay male hairdresser? Sick question. Sister, brother, you can't get your hair cut by a straight male hairdresser, let alone a gay one. Let alone a gay one. Answer is no. If you believe your. Uh, <laughs> 
but if you believe your lineage is from the Prophet's family and zakat is not valid on you, can you give your zakat money to other extended members of your family who are also from the same lineage? If not, how can you support the poor in your family? So, uh, no, a, a gift and obligation is, is separate. It's not, we're not talking about zakat. If you have to support family members, you support them yani, through obligatory payment. Go up. Yeah, exactly. This is a good question, Asya. She asked, how does it apply for daytime? And that's what I'm going to be covering next week, inshallah. Um, what's the ruling on sending a child of divorced parents to the other parents, non-Muslim family, knowing that they would take the child to their place of worship? Does this mean the mother is breaking the child's rights of kinship? No, it's permissible within reason to control the religious exposure uh, of your child and to prevent your child from witnessing that which is haram for an adult, let alone a child. So that's not breaking the ties of kinship. Uh, so if you know that's going to happen, that's permissible to do. The problem, of course, is that it uh, can get out of control. You use People use it as an excuse because they think everything non-Muslim parents does is kufr and haram, whatever, which of course it is. But the thing is, is they have a right, though, to look after, you know, to see their kid and see their grandkid and whatever. So you've got to take it a little bit easy. One masjid's timetable ends Dhuhr at 1.35, another one at, four, at 2.20. Which one do you follow? <laughs> and does this, does following the second potentially make your prayer invalid as it's out of its time? So these two differences are referring to the position of Abu Hanifa and Ashafi'i. And as you will come to see, the position, the correct one, and the one that, that followed by the vast majority of scholars is one shadow length, which means that 135 is the end time of Asr. And therefore, you should not use Dhuhr. Uh, and therefore, you shouldn't use the latter time. However, however, what I want to say, and this is an important one to understand, okay? I'm going to go in a little bit of detail because we are in the winter, okay? Um, people are obviously asking for, for uh, permission to, co- to combine and, you know, because there's a little bit of time left and, you know, it's a very difficult short day, Maghrib 3.50, and you can't get home, etc., etc. So what I want to say is that I think that it is permissible to combine on the rare odd occasion if there is an extreme difficulty on, you know, as I said, a rare moment in winter. It's got to be used like a weapon, you know, like like in a game. You know, that weapon that you collect, that big one. I am going back about 30 years now because that's the last time I played a computer game. But, you know, I remember that you've only got certain bullets and you're looking desperately for an extra bullet. Yeah, and it's normally the grenade and it knocks everything out. So you use it sparingly. And that's how the combining... Yani concession should be used very sparingly. But what I do want to say is this, and that is that there is a greater laxity around the end of Dhuhr and beginning of Asr than there is around, obviously, the end of Asr and Maghrib and Fajr and anything else. And likewise, there is a greater laxity around the end of Maghrib and the start of Isha than the other two. So what I mean is that if there is a person who is in a desperate state and difficult, and it means that their prayer of Dhuhr is five, ten minutes late, don't think that your prayer is invalid. Okay? Don't think that your prayer is invalid. What I want to say to you, especially with the Dhuhr and Asr, is not... Yani I want you to know that when you come to the chapter of prayer times, there are essentially three prayer times, not five. Five are the times of prayer, bidhat, but there are three prayer periods. There's dawn to sunrise, there's afternoon, and there's evening. You get what I'm saying? And 
that it, and that's the reason why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed the prayers to be combined in those yani, regions only. So Fajr is combined only with itself in its own time. And Dhuhr and Asr in the, at that general time, beginning or end, and so on and so forth. Now combining is a concession you can do right at the early beginning, right at the very end. But also what you notice when you study the prayer times is that the demarcating or the change from Dhuhr to Asr is based upon a visual a visual perception of a shadow change. Habibi, if you go and look outside and watch a shadow, I want you to tell me at what moment does it come exactly one length plus the original shadow at the zenith. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that you will get it wrong by 15 minutes. Guaranteed. Yani, there's going to be... I want to I say is that there's like a flexibility. Again, going back to the Islamic approach of, of one versus two, yeah, and the majority of people, when they see a clear demarcation between shadow length one moving to something else, there'll be 10-15 minutes, yeah, and a gap in it. Likewise, Maghrib and Isha, al-ulama, even until now, they are differing over whether it's the redness which disappears or the whiteness disappears before Isha starts. I challenge you to go out there and tell me at what point did you see all of the redness go? And at what point did you see all of the whiteness go? That indicates that when it comes to switch to Maghrib to Isha, there is a little bit of flexibility. Which, what is the function of this flexibility? Its function is not for you to say, I'm going to chill on Asr. Its function is for the Mufti to use it in an emergency situation to help people. So this knowledge that I've just said, as students of knowledge yourselves, responsible, practicing Muslims, you've got in the back of your head when you've got a scenario where it's one, you know, you can't make it in 145, you're not thinking that I've now faked my prayer. You say that inshallah it's there, thereabouts. Okay? And if someone needs a bit of help, then you give them that little bit of space. So that's the kind of information that you use. And generally, yani, we do not say that a person who prayed until 220, their prayer is invalidated. We won't say that. Not in a mujtahid opinion. But no, you have to have structure. You have to have a method. And our method is, is that we stick to the prayer times. The earlier prayer time is the end of Dhuhr, that 135 one. Um, if someone doesn't know, we're going to come... To, oh, okay. If someone doesn't work out the Qibla as he doesn't trust the reliability of Qibla apps because of not knowing how to use them maybe or whatever and tries his best to work out the Qibla direction and then later on after a couple of hours, uh, I'm going to talk about that later. That's coming up in a couple of lessons. Just a note to say anyone who is around Oxford, it's worth visiting the History of Science Museum where they have an impressive collection of astrolabes at the moment including the oldest geared astrolabe in the world and the only spherical astrolabe known to have survived. Awesome. History of Science Museum in Oxford. I didn't even know there was one in Oxford. I thought there's only one History of Science. Oh, History of Science. Sorry. History of Science Museum. That's a different, isn't it? Okay. Following the sky dish. Yeah, we're going to come to that next week because the TV aerial and sky dish helps us a bit. It's not spot on though. But it's a good direction, though, yeah. Could you elaborate a bit more on bid'ah? No, no, not now. No, 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 no. Not now, Rehan. Rehan, yeah, no, You stay and do that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, doing yoga, is it permissible considering the origin? I think that yoga in its uh, 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 pure kind of methodological form should be avoided because the meditation and the kind of the thoughts and the beliefs are then part of it. Whereas if someone yani, like me goes uh, home and crosses his legs and puts his head and goes, mm, that's okay. That's the, the, the extent of yoga I know. If I even do some stretches, I think I'm doing yoga now. 
So as long as you don't have anything to do with yoga, then it's okay. Uh, class position on good apps to use for Qibla. That's a good point. Aisha makes a good point. What is the class position? No, on, a, on the Qibla app. What's the best one? The Google one. This is the one we just tried. You reckon, yeah? Yeah, that's a good one. Qibla locator. Um, Qibla finder. finder. Qibla Finder. Yeah. Qibla Finder, Aisha. Google, yeah. Qibla Finder, that's that new one. I have to say that I use, I, I, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I don't trust any of them. Yeah. No, no, I, I don't trust any of them. I, 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 I only pray when like three, four kind of agree. Yeah. I have, I have, I, I do have quite a few. I try all of it. I, I, I have a go. I have a look out the window, pretend that I can see stars and stuff. You know, <laughs> make it look out. I, I, I say that to myself. Once I use the Qibla app first, so I get a general idea and then I look out and say, okay, that's a decimal start here, you know. <laughs> I don't trust none of it. Right. And uh, final question for today. Um, uh, uh, a sister asked if she took ghusl and 20 minutes later discovered, my goodness, man, we went well off today, didn't we? But that's okay. No, no, we said this meant, isn't it? We said, yeah. You always had a couple of questions. You guys took liberties now, man. Okay, right. No, 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 this is fine. A sister asked me, she took ghusl and 20 minutes later discovered tiny amount uh, on of, uh, tiny amount of what on her body? It doesn't say what. Anyway, would she need to repeat ghusl? I understand this to be no. That she would remove traces, make wudu and consider herself pure. Any salah performed would not need to be repeated because of the amount. Amount of menstrual blood, I can only assume because it's not been mentioned at any point. But anyway, let's assume. Let me just make it clear that you know, the condition of of uh, uh, of salah is that there cannot be any uh, najasa on the body, and ghusl has to cover the entire body. Uh, so, if that has not been done properly, then those prayers are not valid. Okay, um, if a person did not know and she finds out about that later, then she does not need to repeat the prayer. But she must yeah, and fix it immediately. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. There's a difference over that, but that's my position. Yes, Abdul Nasir. Uh, with regards to, do you have any uh, prayers, maybe she like, they have a female, one lady I know, she's going through that, you know, domestic abuse, so, with regards to, first of all, in Manchester, you mean? In Manchester, yeah. In Manchester, in any uh, domestic abuse situation, uh, Fasq is given by the Sharia councils. And the one that's operating that I know is in Disbury Mosque. Mosque. Yeah. I heard a lot of negative things about. Yeah. I mean, only when Sheikh Ehlan's <laughs> here is, is the other one yani, active. Yes. I don't think in the absence of Sheikh Ehlan, the, the, the Sharia, UK Sharia Council Northwest branch, we don't operate it unless he's here. Because he's the only one crazy enough to actually do it. Sorry? Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cheeto Masjid? I don't think so. No. Do, Nothing. They do the general in Shido. Yeah, no, answer is no. Okay, Zakamalakat folks. Uh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. Everybody wait here. One second. And everyone local, online, local. Online, online, yep. Don't hate me from the locations of the next few circ- uh, uh, classes, okay? Online. But is everything going as, as per normal? Okay, as-salamu alaykum. Subhanakallah. Alhamdulillah. 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 Al